Scripture tonight will be read from Hebrews. I'll give you a moment to get your Bibles out. We'll be reading from Hebrews 12, verse 18 through 24. Uh, give you a moment to get those opened up. Hebrews 12, 18 through 24. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice that they heard, entreated that the word should not be spoken to them any more. For they could not endure that which was commanded, and if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart." And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear the quake. But ye are come unto the Mount Sion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as this world continues to circle in disarray, we also continue to pray to you and look to you for strength, answers, calmness, and wisdom. We are reaching our hum humanly limit, Lord, and we need your intervention to change our course and to set us firmly on a new and miraculous path. Keep our eyes open to that path, O oh Lord, and give us the strength to stay on it. And keep our ears open to hear it, for only your word is what we need. We ask this in your name. Amen. And now our message from Pastor Clark. Thank you, Mark. Let's turn now to the book of Hebrews uh, that Mark has read. And I want to talk to you from this allegory that the Apostle Paul gives in the 12th chapter. Law and grace. Most important for you and me is that we grow in grace. Not that grace grows, because it doesn't. It's always massive and huge and flowing toward the unworthy sinner. But we're to grow in grace. It's important for you to know the message of God's free and sovereign grace. It's the very foundation of the gospel, that we are saved by grace, that it's not by works. Many of you have been raised in churches where you've been taught um, the, what I call the legalistic gospel. Uh, you're saved by keeping the commandments, by being a good person. You're saved by baptism. You're saved through being a Catholic or Methodist or a Baptist, Presbyterian, whatever, whatever. Legalism. The truth is that God's grace is totally unmerited. That God has saved you and blessed you, but there was no cause in you that caused God to come to you and do for you what he did. It's unmerited favor. Kind of blows your mind, doesn't it? The Apostle Paul, throughout uh, his writings, confronted the legalists who had infiltrated the churches, for instance, the Galatian churches. Uh, Paul said, I marvel that you're so soon removed from Christ unto another gospel. There's not another gospel. He said in the second and third 
chapters of Galatians, I am absolutely astonished. Having You having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the law or through law-keeping? Are you saved by being good, keeping the Ten Commandments? Also in the book of Galatians, he asks them this question. What really matters? And then he makes a, a very strong statement. Circumcision doesn't matter. You see, the Judaizers had come into the churches in the New Testament and said, you have to be circumcised, keep the law of Moses, and be a member of our church in order to be saved. Paul said, circumcision doesn't matter. Uncircumcision doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised. It just doesn't matter. Here's what really matters, that we're saved by grace and grace alone. It puts us in debt to the grace of God. We're, we're debtors, the apostle said in the Roman letter. We minister and serve our God out of wonder and amazement that he could love us. The old Puritan wrote that hymn that I love so much. Oh, what a wonder that Jesus found me out in the darkness, so light could I see. He put his great arm under and wonder of wonders. He saved even me. The apostle in the Galatians letter said, we do not frustrate the grace of God by adding something to God's grace. It's sovereign. It's an act of God. And it's without a cause on our part. He, our goodness did not move God to give us life. Now, I want us to look at what Paul is doing here. I believe the apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. And what he's saying here in this allegory in the 12th chapter. He's dealing with this thing of law and grace. And here's what he says. For you're not come under the mount that might be touched, that burned with fire, nor under blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the words should not be spoken unto them any more. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. So terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Those of you who claim the message of law works plus grace, you need to hear what the apostle is saying here. He says to us who are believers, that salvation is by grace alone. You are not come to the mount that might be touched. That's the physical mount. You haven't come to Mount Sinai. God does not take you as a believer to Mount Sinai or an unbeliever and tell you you must keep the Ten Commandments inside and out in order to go to heaven. You have not come to that, the apostle said. And he said this, that the experience of the Israelites coming to Mount Sinai and the giving of the law was a most fearful thing. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a holy God and for him to demand that you be perfect inside and out. And that's what the law says. In order for you to be accepted by God, you have to be perfect inside and outside. Absolutely spotless. 
I don't know anyone like that. Paul said, you haven't come to that, to the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. Think about what a fearful thing it was when God gave his law there at Sinai. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. I ask those of you who are watching today and you think that you can be saved or you've been taught that by law keeping. Don't you hear what the law says? What a scary thing it is to be under law for God to demand that you be perfect inside and out. He said it was so strenuous that the Israelites asked that the word should not be spoken anymore. In other words, stop, stop. Have you ever heard a preacher preaching law works for salvation? And in your heart, it was so scary because you knew you were a lawbreaker. Uh, those of you out there who are looking at the Ten Commandments, many of you haven't even memorized the Ten Commandments, much less kept them. Have you ever been hearing law works preached to where you wanted to just stand up and say, stop, stop. I mean, it was finding you so guilty. That's what happened at Sinai. For they could not endure that which was commanded. They could not, verse 20 says, they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it was to be stoned or thrust through with a dart. Think about that. Unapproachable, this God who's giving his law on Mount Sinai. You can't approach God through the law. He will kill you. You will surely be damned to try to get acceptance through law works. Salvation is not by works of righteousness, which you can do. You can't do. So they had the mount fenced off. You remember over in the book of Exodus? They, they fenced the mountain off where the people could not touch the mount. Because God is holy and God's come down and God's giving his unalterable law. If so much of a beast touched that mountain, it was killed. It had to die. And verse 21 says, So terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. That's what the law does for me. It makes me fear and quake because I know I'm a lawbreaker. I'm not a law keeper. I was born with a nature that's prone to wander, a nature that's sinful, a, a nature that continually sins against God in word and deed. So what the apostle says, you don't, you don't want to be under law. And then he begins to tell us what it means to be under grace. He says in verse 22, but you are come to Mount Zion. Mount Zion was the place where the king dwelt. It was, a, it was a beautiful place. The palace was there. It was a, a place of a joy and beauty. He said, those of you who are believers in Christ, who know the message of grace, who've come to see that salvation is by grace, you're come to Mount Zion. You, you've come unto the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, how awesome is that? Often people say to me, tell me about heaven. I can't. All I know is Jesus is there. It's wonderful. It's a holy place. We'll be without sickness, sorrow, death. All tears will be wiped from our eyes. 
That's not true under law. Law is a scary thing. You're come to the heavenly Jerusalem and to an innumerable company of angels. You know, one thing I know about heaven, it's going to be filled with angelic beings. And they're all happy. And they all, with one accord, do one thing. They praise God. The Revelation says that heaven is filled with cherubims and seraphims and angelic beings, and they're singing. The end of the story is this. When we all get to heaven, we'll sing and shout the Jubilee. We'll sing of God's grace and God's mercy. We will join with the angels. And the Bible and the Revelation says that they're innumerable. Think about that. 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of angelic beings singing the praises of God. And we get a little excited about that and join the angelic beings in singing the praise to our God. And you've come to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. You're part of God's church. How awesome that is. That's the church I want to be a part of. That's the church I want to be a member of which are written in heaven. In other words, these people's names are written in heaven. People who are a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember in Matthew 16, Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church. You know, most churches today don't preach Christ as Lord and Savior. They don't preach this grace message. They don't. It's a work mentality. It's not his church. His church in his church, he has the supremacy. He is all. All eyes are upon him. And when we get to heaven, he's going to be sitting there on the throne with five wounds, and we're going to give him all the glory. The message of the gospel is the message of his glory. It gives him all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. Our names are written in heaven. I love that too. I love to read those passages where we're told that we were chosen before the foundation of the world, that God wrote our names down in the Lamb's book of life before he ever created the heavens and the earth. And from eternity, our names have been there. And in time, he calls us to himself and regenerates and borns us again. Somebody said, you know, that next thing that uh, the apostle says there in verse 23, and you're come to God, the judge of all. Well, that's a scary thing someone said to me once. You've come to the judge of all. Not if it's your daddy. I thought I'd sit here an amen out of that, but I only have a few of you guys here. Not if it's your father, who is the judge, who's accepted his only son's death and life, resurrection, as the atoning factor in your sins. So you've come to God, the judge of all. I, I actually fear no judgment. I have no fear of standing before God. Reverence, yes, but not, not fear. I do not approach God in fear and trembling. You see, because Jesus paid it all. He satisfied God in my stead, room, and place. And I know clearly there's no condemnation for me. You know, if you're not guilty, you don't have much fear going before a judge. I'm not guilty. I have the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. So I don't have fear of approaching this judge. And not only that, but you have come to the spirits of just men made perfect. Think about that. Just men made perfect. 
We're all going to be perfect there. His church, the members of this church here in Hebrews, they are perfect people, made perfect through the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, it even gets better. So you're not come to Mount Sinai and all of the darkness and blackness and the blowing of trumpets. The scripture says that it was so horrible at Sinai that Moses, the man of God, who led Israel out of Egyptian bondage, he himself did fear and quake. Moses, here's who we're come to, verse 24. You've come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. Oh, the mediator. You, you've come to the mediator of the new covenant. Every day, you as a believer in your nature, it's so sinful. You need a, you need a lawyer, a good one, because you're guilty. You need a mediator, someone to mediate for you. That's the Lord Jesus Christ who speaks on your behalf, the new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkling, there's nothing more powerful than the blood of Christ. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Christ that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Hallelujah. You know, Cain killed his brother Abel. And the Bible says that the blood of Cain cried out from the ground. You know what it cried out for? Vengeance, wrath, retribution. Well, the blood of Jesus Christ cries out better things. The blood of Christ cries out on your behalf, forgiveness, righteousness, no condemnation, no judgment. That's the power of the blood of Christ. Law, or grace. I hope that you and this church, we stick to the message that salvation is by grace alone. We don't add, we don't subtract. I'm not out to scare the hell out of anybody. I'm out to preach the good news, the glad tidings, that salvation is something God does, and he does it in a powerful way. We're not under law. We're under grace. I pray that God will bless you and that you will grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ.